our bulletin, we have a reading. And it's from Isaiah. And it's about being on the mountain. And I'm hoping that you can help us read. Would somebody like to start? Emily, can you start reading for us? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, a rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines drained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet of this spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and this disgrace of his people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. Okay. You are wonderful readers. We can sign you up as lectors anytime. So on the mountain, God does wonderful things. And this reading from Isaiah tells us what will happen someday on the mountain. There will be a feast for all people, everyone. Little children, middle-aged children, older children, all people will be on the mountain together. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for mountaintop experiences. Thank you for your love, which shines bright. Amen. Have fun and jam, my friends. A reading from Exodus. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out, and when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin on his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Word of God, word of life. 
The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Since then we have such a hope. We act with great boldness, not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside, but their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, 
one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, the chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met them. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seized him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. The Gospel of Christ. Grace and peace to you, dear friends, from God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Peter, James, and John followed Jesus to the top of the mountain to pray. What happened on the Mount of Transfiguration was the ultimate mountaintop experience. While Jesus prayed, God's glory descended and his appearance transformed. Jesus' face shone bright, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah also appeared in God's glory. Peter, James, and John witnessed their heroes, their legends, with their Lord, who were also shining in the light of God's glory. Moses had a mountaintop experience when he ascended Mount Sinai to talk to God and to receive the Ten Commandments. Moses shone in glory on the Mount of Transfiguration as a representation of God's law. After his mountaintop experience with God, Moses' face shone like the sun for all people to see. Moses was one of the few people to actually see God face to face. You see, at that time, they thought if one saw God, one would immediately die. Moses was a living witness that that was not the case. Elijah didn't need a mountaintop experience. God carried him away directly into heaven. In 2 Kings, we read that Elijah ascended into heaven in a whirlwind, accompanied by a fiery chariot. The story of Elijah often brings to mind one of my favorite spirituals, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Elijah shone in glory 
on the Mount of Transfiguration as a representation of the prophets. And now, Jesus. Jesus shone like the sun, the living, breathing Son of God appearing in glory before three of his disciples, a living witness of the gospel being written. At the glory of Jesus, Peter responded, let us build three dwellings, one for, but just as Peter attempted to build three temples to immortalize this glory, God interrupted, saying, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. As if God was to say, the buildings don't matter, Jesus matters. But as we know, that only silenced Peter's interruptions and his denials for a little while until they descended the mountain. You see, all mountaintop experiences must come to an end. But that is when our transformation begins. After the transfiguration, the disciples descended the mountain to be with the people As they descended, they were met by a crowd where a man shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. But even after a mountaintop experience where the disciples saw God's glory in Jesus and heard God's voice, they could not in faith heal the child. The disciples witnessed the resurrected appearance of their heroes, Moses and Elijah. The disciples saw Jesus' appearance physically change before their very own eyes. They heard the voice of God come out of heaven with their own two ears, and yet they, in faith, could not heal a sick child. The glow of that mountaintop experience didn't seem to last very long for the followers of Jesus. All mountaintop experiences must come to an end, but that is when transformation begins. In our lives today, we have many mountaintop experiences. Our graduation day, our wedding day, the day we receive the keys to our first home, The birth of our first child, our grandchild, for many of you, your great-grandchildren, and there are many more. But transformation begins as our graduation day leads to a new job, maybe where we're not doing well, or maybe where we're fired. Our wedding day leads to a big fight that leads to more fights that eventually ends in divorce. The keys to our first home leads to a leaky roof and broken furnaces and mortgage that is almost too much to bear. And the joy of a newborn baby leads to sleepless nights and lots and lots of worry that I hear never goes away. Coming down from a mountaintop experience is not just difficult, for us in our personal lives, it's also difficult for our communities of faith. How many times have you left worship on Christmas Eve or Resurrection Sunday 
or a retreat or a breakfast full of the grace and love of God and on fire for ministry only to deny that grace to your family around the holiday dinner table or to lose that fire the very next morning. How many times have you witnessed the work of the Holy Spirit among you as you have begun a new ministry, then agonized over that ministry's transformation, such as the birth of the community clothing rack and its transformation as it was moved to the lower level of this building? Or the call of your new pastor, me, your first young clergywoman, and the transformation we are in the midst of together right here, right now. Yes, my friends, all mountaintop experiences must come to an end, and that is when our transformation begins. Our transformation begins as together we descend the mountain full of God's grace and full of God's glory, having seen the risen Jesus, having heard the words of God, and yet we descend to the bottom, and get to work. Just as Jesus led the disciples up the mountain to experience the glory of God, Jesus will lead us, the people of St. Luke, in our everyday lives and here, together, in this community of faith. Just as Jesus led the disciples down the mountain to engage in difficult ministry, and to live transformed lives, Jesus will lead us together. Individually, we will be transformed, and together, as a community of faith, we will be transformed. Just as Jesus did not abandon his disciples for their confusion and their unbelief, Jesus will not abandon us. No matter how many times we interrupt the words of Jesus, the words of God, or resist the living out of our transformed lives, Jesus will not abandon us, ever. Together, let us experience God's glory on the mountaintop and in the valley. Together, let us sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. Together, let us descend the mountain with all of the anxiety, change, and loss it brings. Together, let us be transformed. Together, let us follow Jesus, who will never, ever abandon us. Amen.